Greetings, Blind Faith Podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Craig C. Edgley Jr., and the title of today's episode is Courage Over Fear. Courage Over Fear. So our scripture for today is going to come from 2 Timothy, beginning at the first chapter. And the seventh verse. Again, that's Second Timothy, beginning at the first chapter, and the seventh verse. And it reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Again, the topic of today's lesson is courage over fear. Courage over fear. So when we begin this topic or this discussion or this conversation of faith versus fear, one of the immediate things that stand out, I, I, I recently read a book that was entitled Sticky Icky Vicky and Her Fear of Water. All right, so Sticky Icky Vicky and Her Fear of Water. This book is a children's book, uh, but it has a strong message to it. And so uh, this this character Vicky was caught up in a um, a big tidal wave that had struck the beach one day when she was out playing with her father, and uh, the the water caught her up and starting to drag her off. And the dad was just swimming and swimming and swimming and trying to get to Vicky, and Vicky was she was paralyzed in fear. She was stuck in this situation, paralyzed in fear, powerless, uh, had no way to escape, and 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 this experience caused Vicky to develop a fear of water. And this fear manifested itself in every situation in, in Vicky's life. She didn't want to wash her hands. She didn't want to take showers. She didn't want to take baths. She didn't want to go to the pool. She didn't even want to play in the rain uh, because she was so afraid of the water. So one bad experience caused Vicky to be paralyzed in fear. It caused her to be a slave to her fears. It caused her to be terrorized by her fears and intimidated by her fears. And, and, and we can talk about Vicky all day long, but the truth is that as Christians, we do not belong to this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we have all had experiences at one point or another that have caused us to develop fears and phobias. Uh, that, that word phobos means fears. We, we, we all have fears and phobias. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, these fears that we have will control and dictate our lives. And so the apostle Paul pins these words writing to Timothy and he, he encourages this young preacher, he encourages this young brother, he says, 
God has not given us the spirit of fear. And, and, and immediately what I think of when I think of fear is that we have, we always have two voices speaking to us when we get in situations in life. You know, when you get into it, when you get, when you're, when you're right there facing a battle or you're facing a challenge or you're facing a, a storm or are you, you're getting ready to go through a hardship or a, a, a scary experience, you have two voices that begin to talk to you. There's the voice of God that speaks to us in every situation. If we're Christian, the voice of God speaks to us in every situation. And, and he tells us, be calm. I am that I am. I'm all sufficient. I got you. You know, and, 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 and I don't know about you, but in my weakest hours, in, in my times of despair, in my moments of, of, of discomfort, in my moments of unrest, I can hear the voice of God saying, I got you. I got you. Don't be scared. Trust me. Trust me. I got you. And you know you hear God saying that. But then there's this other voice that begins to speak into your mind. And it's the voice of fear. It's the voice of fear saying, you're not good enough. It's the voice of fear saying, you're not going to make it through this. It's the voice of fear saying, throw in the towel. Give up. It's over. It's the voice of fear saying you, you're unworthy. It's the voice of fear saying that you're not, you, you, you don't look good enough. It's the voice of fear saying you don't make enough money. It's the voice of fear saying that, that nobody has ever done what you're trying to do before, so you can't do it either. And, and, and we have to make a choice. Beloved, we, we have to decide if we're going to listen to the voice of God or if we're going to succumb to the voice of fear. And so as we go through these experiences in life, we, we got to be ready to make that choice. But let's let's talk about the, the, the fear tactics, though, because because, you know, we we've come through years and years and years of history and we've seen we, we've studied history and we've seen um, um, the, the, the trends in history and we've seen the cause and effect relationship of history. And, 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 and we can definitely see that, that history does repeat itself. And so historically, the fear tactics that people have used in, throughout antiquity include intimidation. Yeah, and they, they use intimidation, they use terrorism. Uh-huh, they use terrorism and they use slavery. And so, so those are the three big ones that, that if we go through any history textbook and we look at the cause and effect relationship and the patterns of history, we can see that bullies, enemies, terrorists, they, they, they all kind of fit, follow the same strategic pattern, right? They use their power, they use their size, they use their strength, and they try to intimidate they try to terrorize, they try to strike fear in the heart of the individuals who they want to get power over. And, 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 and the scenario might switch up a little bit. Sometimes they get hijack a plane and, and crash it into uh, the world towers. Uh, sometimes they, they open up um, Holocaust 
they, they they start holocaust and open up those prisons and stuff like that and they they say we're going to throw you in the in the prisons or or something like that sometimes they hold you up at gunpoint right um um the the strategy <coughs> physically changes but it all boils down to fear tactics the enemy wants to use fear tactics so that he can get power over your life Beloved, we have to make a choice that even when the enemy begins to use fear tactics, that we will not succumb to the spirit of fear. And so how do we overcome the spirit of fear? How do we not succumb to the spirit of fear? Well, Paul writes down three anecdotes. He said, the spirit that God gives us, number one is a spirit of power. God has given us a spirit of power. Beloved, can I ask you a question? Have you ever been in a situation in life where you felt like you were powerless? Maybe you felt like sticky icky vicky stuck in that wave and you can't get out. Maybe, maybe it was an addiction. Maybe you were a victim of abuse. Maybe, maybe you were in a, a courtroom and, and maybe you were in a, a sick room and, and maybe you were even in a prison and, and you felt powerless. You felt like you had, there was nothing that you could physically do to get you out of that situation. And so because you felt powerless, you begin to succumb to the spirit of fear. When you get into the sick room and you feel powerless, you feel like there's nothing else you could do, then you start to succumb to the spirit of fear. When you get in the courtroom and you feel powerless, you feel like there's nothing more that you can do, then it's, it's real easy to succumb to the spirit of fear because the devil knows that if we feel powerless, then he can step in and try to exert his minimal power over our powerless situation. But beloved, we serve a God who has all power and all might in the palm of his hand. We serve a God who has all power and all might in the palm of his hand. So there should never be a situation in life in which we feel that we have no power. If we are a Christian and God has all power and all might in the palm of his hand, then there should never be a situation in which even if I feel like I'm powerless, then I know that there's a place where I can go and plug in to get access to power. So, so even when I am physically powerless, I know that all I need to do is plug in to a power source so that I can get some power running through me again. And so as a Christian, all I got to do is get down on my knees, regardless of where I am, regardless of what I've gotten, what, regardless of the situation I've gotten myself into, regardless of what's going on all around me, if I can just get to my power source, then I'm not powerless. Uh, because I have the potential for power. I just got to plug into my power source. And so as Christians, 
All we got to do is get down on our knees and plug into the power source because God has all power and might in the palm of his hand. So if I have my power source, I'm never powerless. <laughs> you know, Satan wants us to think that we're powerless. He wants us to think that we have no power, that we cannot have power. But as long as there is a power source in God, then I always have access to power. Now, sometimes I, my vacuum cleaner runs too far and I get unplugged. You know, we do things and, and sometimes we, the vacuum cleaner runs too far off and it becomes unplugged from the power source. But that don't mean I don't have power. That just means I need to get back plugged in. And, and, and sometimes we need to get on our knees and get back plugged in to the power source. Sometimes we need to get in the shower and praise and worship God until we get back plugged into our power source. Because beloved, as Christians, God has given us a spirit of power. And our power and might doesn't rest in our bodies, it rests in the hands of God. God has power to rescue us from our situation. And God also has power to overthrow our enemies. Ain't that something? God has power to rescue us from our situation or God has power to leave us in the situation and overthrow the enemy. <laughs> so God has the power to take you out of it or God has the power to leave you in it and bring you out through victory. God has the power to take you out or he has the power to leave you in. And if he takes you out, then great, you don't have to deal with it no more. But if he leaves you in it, then great, because God is gonna overthrow your enemy. If you trust him and you put your faith in him, God will defeat your enemies right there in your face. He will defeat Goliath right there in your face. Because if God don't take you out of it, then God has a purpose for you in the midst of it. And God wants to show you, God wants to demonstrate through you just how powerful he is. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power. God has also given us a spirit of love. As we go throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, one of the things that God constantly and continuously characterizes himself as is love. How so, preacher? Well, there are many instances throughout the Bible in which God demonstrates his love, right? And, and, and so we know that, that God demonstrates his love in, in wrath because God is love. And we know that God demonstrates his love in his salvation because God is love. We know that God demonstrates his love even through his judgments because God is love. And so everywhere that God is, love exists. And everywhere that love exists, God is. And, and, and so when we look at the picture of Christ, we see the embodiment of love manifested in the flesh. We see the embodiment of God's love made manifest 
in the flesh. And it's important that we look at Christ as the embodiment of God's love manifest in the flesh, because when we look at how Christ took on the lashes from the Roman soldiers and, and they whipped him and whipped him and whipped him, I want you not just to see a picture of Christ being whipped at the whipping post, but I also want you to see a picture of what love is willing to go through for those that love loves. <laughs> when you see Christ being whipped and when you see Christ stretch out his hands and be hung upon a cross and give his life, I want you to see Christ, but I also want you to see God's love because Christ is the embodiment of God's love. And so what love did is love took on the whipping and love was marched up the hill and love stretched out his hands and love was crucified. And as love was crucified, the wrath of God was above him being poured out on him, even though he did not deserve God's wrath, the wrath of God was above him, being poured out on him, and we were beneath him, and he was shielding us from the wrath of God. And so that is the demonstration of God's love. So when we say God is love, I, won't, I don't want you to think about it as just something that we say uh, right before we uh, uh, break bread or right before we have dinner, you know, right after you say your grace, you, you quote, Jesus wept and you quote, quote scriptures like God is love, but, but it's deeper than that, y'all. <laughs> it's Jesus upon a cross with his arms stretched out and the wrath of God that we deserve was being poured out on him and he was shielding us from the wrath of God like an umbrella shields us from the rain. Jesus shielded us from the wrath of God and as the wrath of God was being poured out upon him, which he did not deserve, we were underneath the, his outstretched arms and he covered us by grace. And, and, and so we were covered by the grace of God in Christ Jesus. And we did not receive the wrath that we deserve because of God's love. So when I say God is love, and I say that God has given us a spirit of love, there is no way that a spirit of fear can coexist in our body if we have the spirit of love that God has given us. Because we've seen the spirit of love at work in Christ Jesus. We've seen him take on the lashes. We've seen him walk up the hill. We've seen him stretch out his hands because there is no place for the spirit of fear where there exists a spirit of love. I'm reminded of the time when we were in the Washateria over there off of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and the guy ran in waving the gun. And, and my immediate thought as a child, I thought, you know, hey, I'm about to get in this dryer and hide. And my daddy said, no, y'all come over here and stand behind me. And I'm thinking, daddy, you know, you're not going to stop no bullets. But, 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 but what he was saying is that if I have to die to save y'all, I'm willing to stand in between you and your enemy. I'm willing to stand in between you and your enemy, even to the point of death, to shield that which I love. 
and 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 that's what I'm trying to say. You can you can either be have a spirit of fear, or you can have a spirit of love. But the spirit of fear and the spirit of love cannot coexist in the same body. You have to choose one. <laughs> either you succumb to the spirit of fear, or you succumb to the spirit of love. But when you succumb to the spirit of love, we we see the Christian martyrs. We see Paul and Peter who were e eventually crucified and, and, and killed behind their love for God. And so God says that when you love me, when I put my spirit of love in you, then you will love me with your whole heart, your whole mind, and your body. You will love me with your entire existence, your threefold humanity existence. You will love me mind, body, and spirit when I put my spirit of love in you. And not only will you love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, but you will also love your neighbor as you love yourself. <laughs> because when God puts the spirit of love in you, there is no fear. There's no room for fear. All I can do is love you. You can hate me, but all I can do is love you. You can talk about me, but all I can do is love you because I'm not afraid of what you say about me. I'm not afraid of what folk call me. I'm not afraid of what folk do to me. I'm going to love you regardless because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power and he's given me a spirit of love. And so, beloved, God has established his covenant of love with those who are in relationship with him. He has established his covenant of love with those who are in relationship with him. And so what it means to be in relationship with God is that God puts his spirit of love on the inside of us and God covers us with his love on the outside of us. And, 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 and as long as I walk in obedience to his will, as long as I devote my life to the service of God, then I am covered by this unconditional love, this covenant of love, which says, I, I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. And like my father said, stand behind me. I got you. That's what God love does for us. God love says, stand behind me. Baby, I got you. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the lawyer says. I don't care what the, 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 the bully says. I don't care what the gunman says. Stand behind me. Stand in me. We, we walk in God's love. We work in God's love. We live in God's love. And God says, as long as I got you in my love. Can you imagine that if a human possesses the power to want to die for those things that it loves, how much more so will a God who has created all things do for those whom which he loves. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. And that spirit of love will overcome any spirit of fear. 
And then finally, the Apostle Paul writes to the young preacher, Timothy, and he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of a sound mind. That brings to us the point that what is the enemy after? I can hear Lee Williams and uh, and and his and his spiritual singing, saying, "If if I if I can't say one word, I'll just raise my hand. <laughs> if I can't say if I can't say one word, I'll just lift my hands." And and that that that's a powerful message, because what that's saying is that the enemy is limited to what he can do to us. He can hurt our hands, he can hurt our arms, he can hurt our feet, he can, you know, hurt our bodies, he can, he can, uh, you know, cause us to experience maybe blindness. He can, what, what, he, he can take away your senses, he, he, there, he can take away your voice, you know, a physical enemy, a spiritually, the spiritual enemy, which I think at some points are one and the same, right? Uh, they can, you can get fired. Um, you can, you can be sentenced to prison. Um, you can, you can, uh, someone can, can tie you up, torture you, right? Uh, there are many things that enemies can do to us, but if they cannot get our mind, at most, we can physically die. Unless the enemy can get hold of your mind, at most, you physically die. But we have seen through the scriptures, and we know through the scriptures, that physical death is not the end for the Christian. Physical death is a temporary transition point in which we leave these physical bodies and we enter into our eternal dwelling with God. We take on our crowns and we take on our robes and, and we take on our white robes and we take on our glorious crowns and we go and worship God forever in eternity. And so the enemy wants to subdue your mind because physical death is not the end for the Christian. And because the enemy has already died spiritually and Satan has already, his, his fate is already sealed. And God has said it throughout the book of Revelation that the dragon will get what he deserves in the end. And so what he wants to do is get a hold of our mind so that he can take down as many of us as possible so that we can go into torment and weeping for eternity. But God says that if you can just hold on to your mind, oh my God, if we, if we can just hold on to our mind, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the depression, in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of the, the sickness, in the midst of the, the defeat, in the midst of folk walking away from you, in the midst of folk turning your backs on you, in the midst of all of the hell that's breaking loose in your life, if you can hold on to your mind, if you can just, I, I heard my pastor, Pastor Richard Lee Monroe Jr. say, we got to keep our mind stayed on Jesus. <laughs> we got to keep our mind stayed on Jesus. When we wake up in the morning, we got to keep our mind stayed on Jesus. Because if we can just keep our mind stayed on Jesus, there's nothing that the enemy can do to defeat us. And so God says, 
I have given you the spirit of a sound mind. I've given you the spirit of a sound mind. That means that if the enemy can't touch that mind, it don't matter how much we suffer. It don't matter how much pain we experience because we know that these bodies are temporary. They are temporary dwelling places, but that our eternal destination has been secured through Christ Jesus. And so the apostle Paul asked some significant questions right at the beginning of the, the chapter that, that I wanna kind of touch on a little bit. He says, he says, Timothy, who are you? Because sometimes when we get in scary situations, we forget who we are. We forget that we are the legacy of our grandmother. Like he said, your grandmother had faith and your mama had faith. He said, don't forget who you are, boy. Your grandmama taught you to have faith and your mama taught you to have faith. And as your mentor, as your pastor, I taught you to have faith. And don't forget who you are. We have come through a legacy of greatness. We have come through a legacy like Harriet Tubman's and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s and, and Coretta Scott King's and, 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 and uh, uh, Rosa Parks and Cicely Tyson's and Maya Angelou's. And we've come through a legacy of greatness. We've come through a legacy of faith walkers, folk who put their trust in God in the midst of segregation, in the midst of slavery. Our ancestors had to put their faith in God through chains and whips and, and, and hanging from trees and lynchings and burning down of churches and, and, and segregation in schools and segregation in public places. Our ancestors have had to go through boycotts and marches and, and, and yet they kept their faith in God. They kept their mind stayed on Jesus. <laughs> the enemy can do whatever he wanna do, but if you keep your mind stayed on Jesus, you will be victorious. Don't succumb to the fear tactics of the enemy. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus and remember who you are. But then don't just remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Who we are. We are the descendants of the, the faithful. We are the descendants of Peter and Paul. We are the descendants of those who have, the, those, those devout Christians who have come before us like Martin Luther and, 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 and all of those great theologians and those scholars that have come before us who have been martyred for the cause of Christianity. But in addition to being the descendants of the great Christians who've come before us, whose we are is even more important. I don't belong to the individuals who try to strike fear into my heart. I don't belong to the terrorists. I don't belong to the intimidators. I don't belong to the bullies. I belong to God. Can you see King David down in the Valley of Eli facing Goliath with all of Goliath's might and strength towering over him? And, and, and the little bitty David, he said, I do not belong to this uncircumcised Philistine. I belong to God. And if I belong to God, there's nothing this giant can do. God has rescued me from the clinches of the lion and he's rescued me from the clinches of the bear. And if God has done it before, he will do it again. What has God brought you through? Or what can, not, what can God not bring you through? 
Look at everything God has brought you through and tell me one thing God cannot bring you through. So whose I am, who I am and whose I am. And if I can keep my mind on who I am and if I can keep my mind on whose I am. And then finally, beloved, if we can just keep our mind on the fact that God has a purpose in it all. We cannot allow our experiences and, 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 and frightening experiences to dictate our purpose. We cannot allow fear to dictate our experiences. We must, we must allow our faith in God to dictate our fear. We must allow our faith in God to dictate our experiences. So many times we wanna allow our experiences to dictate the level of faith that we place in God. Depending on if the experience that we're going through is something that we can deal with, we have a lot of faith in God. But the second that the experience we're going through is something that we seem is it, it, it seems nearly impossible for us to overcome it, then our faith in God diminishes this. But but we cannot allow our experiences in life to dictate our faith in God. We have to let our faith in God dictate our experiences in life. And God says that even if I have faith, even if I have faith the size of a mustard seed, that I can move any mountain that stands before me. And so when we operate under a spirit of faith, under a spirit of power, under a spirit of love, under a spirit of a sound mind, what we're saying is we're not going to let our experiences that the enemy puts us into or that we walk through in this life dictate our faith in God. We're going to let our faith in God dictate how we deal with our experiences. When we come into these frightening situations, we don't bow down and we don't back up and we don't throw in the towel, but we get on our knees and we fight like our ancestors fought. We fight on our knees and we put our faith in God and we say, God, if we make it, let your will be done. And God, if it's time for us to go home, then we're ready for that as well. So many times we get caught up in this, this I want to live to see 100, I want to live to see 105, I want to live to see 110. If I live the, 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 there's babies who are born dead and there's people who live to be a hundred and something. But regardless of where you fall in the middle of the spectrum, that's not, in that's not the most important thing. The most important thing for the life of the Christian, the most important thing for the life of the believer is that we have fulfilled God's purpose in our lives. And we cannot fulfill the purpose of God if we are operating under a spirit of fear. If we always shut up and sit down and be quiet and don't say nothing and, and, and we always hide and we always run and we always cower out, whenever we're confronted and challenged by the enemy, then we're not fulfilling our purpose that God has placed us in the earth to fulfill. Because the enemy wants us to shut up. The enemy wants us to sit down. The enemy wants us to operate under a spirit of fear. That's the whole purpose of fear tactics is to Get control of your mind so that you are rendered functionless in the body of God, in the body of Christ. But the moment that you have made up in your mind that even unto death, 
I will put my faith in God. Then you have essentially sucked the power out of the enemy. Because there is nothing that he can throw at you that will separate you from your love for Christ Jesus. So beloved, somebody out there, you may be dealing with a spirit of fear. You're afraid of what the future holds. You're afraid of some person. You're afraid uh, of, of, of some situation. You're afraid you're gonna lose this. You're afraid you're gonna lose that. But I just wanna encourage you through this message that we cannot operate under a spirit of fear because if we operate under a spirit of fear, then we will walk outside of our purpose in God. And God has not given us that spirit of fear. When you hear those two voices talking to you, the voice of God is telling you, I got you. I got you, trust me. That's the voice of God. The voice of God can be heard through his word, through the scriptures. And I wanna encourage you today that if you have not put your hands in the hands of Christ Jesus, if you have not devoted your life to Christ Jesus, there's no better time than today. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus and he will give you a spirit of power. He will give you a spirit of love and he will give you a spirit of a sound mind and you will no longer have to live in fear, but you can have courage over your fear. You can have faith over fear. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you as my prayer. Amen.